going on? CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. You know we put, damn, episode 99, one left to go for the end of the series. Thanks for riding with us. Like, share, subscribing, listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys and girls and all in between all ages and globally. Our international upgraders and our domestic upgraders. We're talking about, whew, where does it start and end? Uh, let's see here. Stand down to the U.S. military to investigate white nationalist insider threat within the military. We talk about suburban shootouts and everything in between. A little bit of fashion, a little bit of football. We got it all at Upgrade America. We appreciate you. Peace, be blessed and be kind to each other. Upgrade America Priority Here with CJ the Day Slayer Upgrade America We're gonna party like it's episode 99 Holla at me bro What's happening today man? Uh, adjusting to being home uh, right Super Bowl, on. Super Bowl Day event for and America. Who's playing uh, Holiday. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, right? Cool, cool, cool. Right in your home state. You looking yeah, on polar opposite. I got the sweater on. It's snowing, and you know you you chilling in Florida where it's nice and sunny. Yeah, Great I just play. left the snow, so uh, I can say I've been in the snow this year. <laughs> yeah, you got your you got your uh, snow trophy for twenty twenty one. Your your accomplishment. You got the guns out. I see. But yo, yeah. <laughs> wild show, great show. Yeah. This is the uh, episode before the series finale. Yes, mm-hmm. our, our wonderful show is is coming to a, a, an end after a hundred. Well, it's going to be a hundred episodes. You know, we're, we're going to be wrapping this up, but we're still going to be producing uh, other things in the future. But for today, yeah, great show ahead. What's on the rundown, bro? Man, uh, we're going to talk about a new rule, Upgrade America style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to it. I won't reveal it. I'll wait till we okay. do the episode. Uh, Louis Vuitton fashion fail once again. <laughs> Why don't they learn? Anyway. Because people uh, try it no matter what. And Ice Cube meeting Biden, stick it to his word. We're going to talk okay. about that. Uh, is Floyd bored in retirement? Floyd Medweather? I think yeah. he is. We're going to discuss that. Uh, Nick Cannon back to Wallet now. Let's see how this goes. We're okay. going to discuss that. Uh, rehiring employees, is it a risk or insurance? Hmm, we'll talk about that. Uh, Congress waking up. Talking about Iraq and Afghanistan, something special places to our hearts. Yes, indeed. Cool. Uh, what's up with security? We're going to talk about this, too, because this kind of starting to annoy me. Okay. Uh, babies and heavy metal is not what you think. We're talk <laughs> about that. Uh, we're going to have a thought exercise about media coverage after Trump. Ratings, money, how are these mainstream media outlets handling this interesting um skills versus degrees something we've championed on upgrade america podcast 
We're going to discuss it. Uh, how would you? Ha- how would the world handle an independent in- intelligence agency? Ooh. We're going to discuss that. Now you're talking. Uh, let's see what else we got here. House rep, I guess, fired? Is what you were talking about? That. We, I suppose we can see what will happen with that. Yeah, mental health and COVID, they're linked more than you think. Uh, Biden talking about extremism, ironically. Uh, World War II in 2021, we'll discuss that. YouTube <laughs> censorship of doctors. You would think they want good information out there. I guess not. Incredible information. Uh, PA shootout. Oh, well, uh, what could happen in the good old state of Pennsylvania? We'll talk in about that. Suburbs. Yeah, great show ahead. But you know, let's let's get into it. What do you want to lead off with, though? Woo, it's so much to lead off with. Ah, uh, man. Um, morale check. Let's do a morale check real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. You want to check with our viewers? Hey, everybody who's watching, we want to make sure that you're good, not being held hostage or forced to watch our show. But um, what's your status? Please let us know in the comments. And yo, DJ, yeah. but. Back to you. How's your morale? Uh, improving. It's been an adjustment coming home. I've been dealing with mental health uh, challenges, put it that way. Um, it's coming together, but it is going to take time. I got therapy coming up this month and right next month and then my regular schedule. So I am being proactive about it. Uh, friends and family have been very supportive and understanding to the best of their ability, but this, some of this is a personal journey that I have to navigate. So, um, yeah, what's up? We got passports. That's the homie Rye. And your ass should be off of IG soon because it's toxic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. How's your morale, sir? The best that you want to disclose. I know it's. You know, yeah, upset like, You know, upset comsec fighting multiple wars on different fronts, and it's like to be quite honest, it's, my stress levels have been this is the highest my stress levels have been in, in quite some time, but it's still manageable. And at the same time, like um, just staying focused on the objective, like. Don't worry about the things that could go wrong until they go wrong. Focus on, you know, just keep driving forward. And that's all you got to do. All that stoicism. Yeah, stoicism. Stoicism put me on a lot of that. You know, Marcus Aurelius. Uh, there's a lot of other great stoic philosophers. But just embracing that mindset is just like, yeah, embrace the suck. So they say in the <laughs> security forces. Like, life is grand. and I, I know. You know, it's like, as I mentioned, like, not without its struggles, challenges, but at the same time, I'm driving towards a goal that's greater than myself. And that alone is more than enough to motivate me through this swamp that I'm up to my turn in. But, you know, keep keep on pushing forward. Life is great. Well, shit, you know I got you sick, so we're good to go. Appreciate it, bro. You know it. Uh, well, let's go ahead and just slide into the PA shootout. So what happened since we we'll started the violence first? Fuck, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, why not? Like, let's get the, some of the, the crazy stuff out of the way. We'll end on something light. So this says dramatic video shows snow shoveling dispute that escalated to a murder-suicide. 
So it was like, as we mentioned, uh, these doorbell cameras are becoming very uh, a great tool for, for law enforcement and, and also for evidence and to give us wonderful stories like this. But long story short, there's a snowstorm. People are shoveling snow. In the suburbs, you'd be surprised how many disputes are started for, hey, you're shoveling snow onto here. And, and you know, people are already frustrated, COVID and, and all this. People are pissed off. But this couple was talking mad shiat to uh, to this gentleman. And I'm, I'm going to briefly go through the transcript real quick. Okay. If you step out here, I'll knock your ass out. The male neighbor can be heard saying to the shooter, police said Jeffrey Spade, 47, shot dead his neighbors, James Goy, 50, and his wife, Lisa, 48, after arguing about shoveling snow onto each other's property. I'll make your life a living hell here, dickhead. James can be heard shouting to which Spade responds, what? Fuck you. Fuck you, fucking scum. James' wife, who is now carrying a shovel, chimes in, you're a fucking scumbag. Don't know how to talk to somebody. And then let's skip all this because it's supposed to be going back and forth. So footage shows Spade walking to his driveway to which the female neighbor says, go ahead. When he comes, clear that James is holding the gun. So the neighbor's like, put the gun down. The man fires several rounds, striking the male neighbor before shooting his wife. But yeah, it's I don't need to go through the play by play. You can see the video, but um, just don't, don't fuck with people. You don't know what the people are going through, and you, you, you don't know who's on the, the edge ready to snap. And if you push them, they may, I don't know, this case, may end up like what happened in here. But what are your thoughts, man? Pretty much you nailed it. Um, I'm trying to check the sound check on the live, on IG mm-hmm. Live. Um, but hopefully they can hear it now. I don't know. But, uh, okay, it's better. All right, bet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things that we've been bringing this up every episode, like stay blessed, be kind to each other, because we are in unprecedented times. Yes. The stresses of unemployment, instability, um, political chaos. Um, You're dealing with all these things, and then now you're dealing with a snowstorm in this area. Uh, I'm not used to snow, basically, I'll be Mm -hmm. honest. Floridian, basically, but I could understand where this would be an issue. Um, but a lot of this stuff can be like talked out and be like, hey, you know what? Sorry about that. We're good. That could have really de escalated that whole thing. Exactly. That couple of and it's like, I don't want to say fortunately, but in this case, there's video evidence showing the escalation with the continual verbal assaults and whatnot, and even approaching the man's property. Like, there's, they say humans are social creatures. But it's like, to some extent, I think whoever came up with the grand idea of, hey, let's see how many people we can pack close together and like everyone living next to each other, that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I think it's it's a bad idea. But I want to pick one more thing is that statistically they're saying that murders are up 30 percent across cities cities in america but it is ironic that you're you're seeing all you know the the violence in the suburbs as well but i'm gonna quit rambling everyone's going through stuff 
everyone's pressures and, and stressors at all time high. Be nice to people. You don't have nothing nice to say? Shut the fuck up. Stay out of people's way. And yeah. you know, life will be great. Yeah. Uh, so that's all we got on that. Uh, what else you want to talk about? You want? Let's go ahead and talk about Brother Q real quick. Something okay. pop. Uh, let's see here. Click on this link. Check this out. So basically, he said about the contract of Black America that he mm -hmm. was going to present to whoever was going to be in the next administration on how to implement it and have this discussion. So now that Biden and Harris are in the White House, he's a man of his word. He went, he wants to meet with them. So let's see here. He's definitely been criticized for working with the Trump administration, but he said mm -hmm. up front that he's willing to work whoever's in power. Absolutely. And you have to be flexible. You can't just be like, Nope, Demo Republicans are in office. I'll just wait till the Democrats take power to work with them. But he has an opportunity. And basically, I'll give like the short version of this article. Okay. In his contract with Black America Ice Cube asks politicians for banking, police, and prison reform, elimination of all Confederate statues, mm. federal funding of baby bonds starting with $1,000 at birth, among other reforms such as reparations to support the black community in order to earn the support of the black vote. And this is coming from Fox News. So we're just throwing that out there. This is the source. Because mm -hmm. um, we look at all sources. We don't just stick to one. Uh, whether it's a Democrat or Republican in the White House, they're still not looking at our agenda in the right way. This is what he told the host on the show that he went to. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. We still got to get them to acknowledge and remedy our situation in the right way. So how do you feel about the whole Ice Cube thing overall? We had, you know, we had the show thing situation when he popped up. We t discussed it in length, but how do you feel about it now, revisiting it? Um, revisiting it now, I was like, I actually had some skepticism in the past when the Democratic Party said they'll speak with Cube after the election. And I was just like, what's the hurt doing it now? You know, like, before the Black community hands over their vote to you with no conditions. But now that um, Democrats have taken power and they are, con you know, discussing with Cube, I think it is a great start. I think it's a great start some of those tangible actions like particularly um the reforms but can you tell me a little bit more about the baby bonds what are those uh i would probably have to pull that up on his yeah, actual the actual I, mean, I, was, I was just curious I'm, I'm guessing it's just like hey you give this when they're born as like an investment over time yeah. throughout your life what yeah is, i guess what I is know. it T-bills or something like that back in the day. Like, I know my grandparents had some from me. I cashed them out uh, a few years back. Mm -hmm. And I think the value was like close to a grand or something at the time. So just like treasury bills, I guess, bonds or whatever. Like Same Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin, yeah, that's a great I idea. have a better valuation over time. You know, particularly, but a different form of crypto. Um, but how I often, 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Let you I just want to say it's like meeting occurred. Cool. But at the same time, that, that countdown, that 180-day countdown is ticking. And I would like to see from that list what gets initiated within that, that window. I am optimistic in the sense that he's at least getting the meeting. I, I'm like you. I am skeptical until I see like them announce something publicly mm, Yes. that what they're going to implement and stick to it like public because once you put it in public now you're accountable you have to be accountable until they make a public <laughs> statement hey we're going to actually implement this then it's basically word salad political whatever jargon or dismissive like and i had discussions with people on twitter about this and they're basically kind of disparaging Ice Cube. Well, he's a millionaire, da 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 da. But I'm like, he didn't. Why didn't he bring scholars? Da, da. And I'm like, did you really read the contract for Black America? No. I said also, I've read Trump's plan and I also read Biden's plan. They have nothing specific for Black Americans. Let's call that what it is. So, Ice Cube's plan actually has specifics for black Americans touching every facet of life. That's another thing that is not addressed in those other bills either. It's very specific to things we need. And it's been constantly um, upgraded and updated for input. I have a question in the monkey wrench. Okay, go ahead. How would, just say this uh, legislation were to be passed. Okay. How would you define black? And uh, how do you say the spectrum of it? Meaning black in the sense of African American black, black in the sense of you know like there's a Africans migrating, black in the sense of Latinos who are are black. Like how did, how would you how would you do that? Well, I mean, it comes back to the rep reparations debate of you have to trace your ancestors through basically slavery. I the, think 18, what census would it be? 1870, something like that. If you can trace one of your relatives lineage to that, you would qualify as a black American. There's a difference because you, you did bring up a great point. So that's and that has that in the uh, contract for Black America. It has something like how to identify who would get these benefits, et cetera, et cetera. So we would have to, um, as an upgrade America, we mentioned as well, it would require a, gene a genealogy test. Mm -hmm. What's up, Sandra or IG? Uh, yeah, so that's how you uh, go ahead, because African-American could be just like it sounds, mm -hmm. an African that is American. So we know that's a political uh, correctness term. Um, so that's been a heavy debated topic as well within the communities, because like, what do you call a black American? I've heard mm -hmm. uh, American descendant of slaves. I've heard foundational black Americans, which I kind of like because that's very specific. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Let me uh, let me ask you this. OK, go ahead. Now, um, there are some memes going around that what they say the economy should be opened up before our borders are. 
emphasizing that the Biden administration is becoming a bit more laxed in mm-hmm. um, border security. Okay. So my question for you is, is the illegal objective, ob- objective initiative, whatever, is that, do you think that's more important to the Biden administration than black initiatives? I would say based on history, well, his track record, yeah. Um, and then considering, mm. considering so Harris, you're saying Harris ticket, yeah, considering the Harris ticket brings in the dynamic of immigrants, which I have no problem with immigrants, but let's be honest, like we have been neglected through all these procedures. Um, that's what I'm trying to emphasize. I have no problem with immigrants. I, I'm just saying I don't want to be second in line. Mm-hmm. Particularly when we were here first. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's why this discussion with Cube and this administration is very mm-hmm. vital because it puts that spotlight and puts that pressure on them. Because they said they would talk to them after they get in office. Well, now let's see what goes on. You know, mm-hmm. so it is a very long fight. It's very long term. Um, I do think you still have to push the issue as long as we can. Just push it, multitask as a community, nation build, uh, build your economy, self-education, because obviously education system is not going to teach us what we really need to know. Um, all those types of concepts and learn and, how to... Um, I want to send an, an injection to, to Brother Q, particularly in the sense of Take down the Confederate monuments. Uh huh. Build monuments for the slaves. Like, if their names are on record on any type of manifest, uh huh. Publish that and build monuments for the slaves, particularly if they are owned by presidents, United States presidents. As I mentioned before, these monuments should be erected at the monuments of the presidents. At the same yep. time, we ignore slavery. It's like you would go and march around Washington come from Japan, from India, from, you know, from Italy, and you can march through Washington, you wouldn't even know that there were slaves. Yeah. Oh, and we need more, we need to depict that. And it needs to, America needs to, you know, not necessarily, yeah, tone for that. At the same time, we, we cannot just glaze and, and get over this. And um, the other thing I brought up on Twitter was I was like, do you realize that both political parties don't want to make black Americans whole? Hmm. And I said also, I've watched interviews that Cube has been discussing the plan and they were very combative and had a lot of democratic talking points. You could tell like it was almost like scripted from the host or panel or whatever. But why do you this? Say again? Why do you think that is? And, you know, Jay Racist Hubert was like, you know, black unity is the biggest threat to, to America. But, like, do you think that belief still is constant today? Absolutely. But why? What is it that they fear? Uh, we discussed this, too, that we will do what they've done to us for generations, basically. Retaliation. <laughs> or <laughs> Black Wall Street. you like, Black Wall Street would just be Black America. But, um, I don't know, man. And what, this other discussion I had, I was like, once we're equal, everybody's equal. Really think about that. What does that mean? 
I look at it as like if you repair us as a whole, as community wise, mm -hmm. because of leverage, I, huh? They would lose leverage. Well, not only that, it I feel like it just balances out the country. Now mm -hmm. everybody has gotten their slice. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how I look at it. Like everybody's truly gotten their slice. And that's why I want to, you know, lifelong goal, like end poverty. The bottom should be, there should be no rock bottom. Like we have the means to end poverty, homelessness, all that. Now that is a universal initiative. So let me ask you this. If that were abolished, and somehow we did manage to facilitate equality, would you still push avidly for, would you still avidly push for reparations? Yes, because that's only one avenue. That's not the systematic nature of what we need repaired. That's only one part of it. Gotcha. So that's why I would say yes. Like educationally, we need that transform like financially again remember like we're going with the notion that education is now equalized by the power of the, by the power of the internet this whole so again if the entire we found a way to literally equalize educational opportunities and things of that nature mm -hmm. what additional uh, beyond the policing uh -huh. what, what additional resources you think we would need well mainly it's financial that's our biggest hurdle in the black american community so that would just be the only thing left financially to make us whole to because you have all that but you still need money in the, end of the day but if you have everything you need any mm -hmm. money you have coming in is surplus yeah but i would still want that also that's like the cherry on top like really like hey we messed up, mm -hmm. boom, 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 like, here you go. This is our debt paid back to you for your investment in the growth and prosperity of this country. Like, it's like an IOU, like, yeah, we owe you this. Like, yeah, I still want that. And I'm I'm not I'm not against it. And there's there's a really great meme going on there. They're saying <laughs> these uh these COVID relief bills are 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 there evidence that you know the United States could do reparations, mm -hmm. but like it seems they're eager to do it when there's more wide reach, but when it's a particular group, i.e., you know, descendants of slaves, are, they're not really enthusiastic about mm -hmm. that. But just for poops and giggles, uh -huh. how would that be if you were to whack up? <laughs> I'm real calculator. What was it like? They had it in the trillions, and then they had it. How they would distribute it is like over a period of I think five years is what I was hearing. So, so one point nine. So if a billion is three commas, a trillion is what six? Something. I definitely would have to like do that. So I I got okay. So I got one trillion. So uh -huh. I'm gonna divide that by. And what would we say is like 42 million? Four, you know? uh, yeah. Okay. So boom. That would give 23 grand <laughs> to every uh, every African American for one point. That's really, it's not like your money problems are over, and I don't yeah. think it's significant. So that, yeah. I think and, it would be 
cost them way more than that to do no, it. No, no. They've had it, historical experts had it up to like 15, 16 trillion. 16? Yeah. Now, again, it's like we took out, what do they say, like 25% of, of the currency that's out now has been printed in like 2021. And that's only a couple trillion. Let's just say 5 trillion was printed. And it's it's shifting economies. <laughs> Sandra said math is hard. I was like, it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I just like I'm really on this. Like, make this shit whole, bro, so we can move on. Like, as a country, heal as a country. That's what, bottom line. If we're American. You know people are gonna be tight. You know people are gonna be like, what? You you're getting money just because you're black. And you know, and, and how do you say white privilege is, is starting to lose its charm? Like as this uh, this American machine is is crawling to a halt. Like people gonna be tight. Yeah, well, shit, we tight already. I mean, what's the difference? Oh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to other things. Uh, let's see, Louis Vuitton fashion film. So what, what's up with these folks, man? These uh, these fashion companies. Why can they never get this shit right? Because they don't care. <laughs> Long story short, Louis Vuitton was trying to do a Jamaican, a Jamaican sweater, you know, with Louis Vuitton Jamaica, but they got the colors wrong. And so it's just like, but it doesn't matter because people are gonna wear it anyway because they don't care. And it's like I laugh at the rap game because it's like. Well, you have your average entrepreneur or business who spends millions and millions on marketing. They don't gotta do that shit. Cause rappers go out there and be like, Louis and Gucci and Fendi and blah, blah. And they're just like, yes, market for me. And we'll make your Jamaican flag the wrong color and you'll still wear that shit. I think it was like, like what, Ghana's colors? Like the country of Ghana? I think it was their colors. It was, like my understanding it was green, yellow, and red. It looked and like Ghana's green and black. So let's hold on. Let's see what Ghana's colors are. Like, maybe you're right. Ghana flag. It looked like maybe Ghana? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Ghana's is red, yellow, and green. It has a black star. Okay. Uh... Is that what they were going for? They are going for the... Oh, it says it reflects the colors of Ethiopian, maybe Ethiopia, I think. Either way, it does yeah, not. Yeah, they messed up. It doesn't represent the Jamaican flag. But again, I'm yo, I think this would be an appropriate time to interject black owned and, you know, push in black owned products. Oh, yeah. Lovely, uh, some lovely sneakers. Yeah, yeah, I got these. Uh, what was it? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Tronus, Tronus chick out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. He's a pretty cool. I like the heels and the whole sock appeal is pretty dope too. Yeah, they're very comfy. I tried them. I'll probably wear them today. They're very comfortable. Right, huh? So, yeah, check her out. She's on IG. We'll put all that in the description. Cool, cool, cool. Very dope. But that's very inspiring too. Picking up, you know, like uh, one uh, like Businesses who are coming up and to like, you know, black owned businesses, like we, we gotta shout them up and, and make them bigger than these uh, these European brands that yeah. get the flags right. 
And I guess this will frustrate me. Like, y'all know, like, it's almost like a troll. It's definitely a troll because you have people of different backgrounds in these places, but not necessarily decision makers. Or if they are decision makers, who still trumps them? No pun intended, but <laughs> I'm saying the structure of the company itself is still more than likely European or white or whatever the case might be. So I don't know why we still necessarily patronize them. I mean, because I've been reading. Well, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying I used to, but now I don't. Wait, what were you saying you were reading? No, I was reading about luxury black brands mm -hmm. that were like coming up or just unheard of. We haven't been hearing about them. I see it on IG mainly. Um, had to figure out, shot them out to find a link for that. But another thing, you brought up rappers mentioning all this fashion. I'm like, yo, that's where I've learned all of this shit from is rappers. Same with me. Like, like he was rapping about uh, Gucci and uh, how you say all those brands, you know, like yeah. Iceberg and, and all that, but like from hip hop. Yeah, but, like I can name shit that I know I probably never seen, like Agent Provocateur, that's a type of lingerie, mm -hmm. La Perla, La Perla, uh, Margella, like Balenciaga, Balenciaga, Balenciaga. Yeah, like, so I'm listening to this is like. It just sounds good because it's with the beat and the melody. So why but are we not digging up our own brand stuff? Exactly. So no, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your hypothesis. Uh, that's I would say that's the circles that they're in now when they're doing these uh, corporate meetings for marketing sponsorships. Mm -hmm. More likely, the A and R, their labels are kind of pushing this stuff. Um, even though we're getting away from that, everybody's going more independent, doing their own thing. Yeah, that still is a part of the system and part of the establishment as far as music and record labels. I was getting ready to say they become like icons, like Gucci has become an icon, like Louis, yeah. LV, all these things have become. But how do you, I don't want to say destroy an icon, but how do you supersede one? And I have one more follow up question What is, okay. the, what is the black brand of, of Rolex? I know they are black watch companies. I actually own a watch from one of them. It's more okay. like on the level of maybe Fossil or something like that. And then I do know they have luxury black brand companies as well. So let me ask, is, is it on time or does it have CPT? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <You're> stupid. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. I do know I've seen advertisements and stuff like this for this. Yeah. Like I said, once again on Instagram, um, I think just the culture has to shift from it slowly but surely. I think people are starting to shift from it. I see a lot of people like, everything I wear is black owned. It's like, oh, that's dope. Everything I got in my house now, for the most part, is becoming more black owned, like toilet paper, like everything. So it's coming, it's just a process, man, because you got to think, Amazon is so huge. Like, think about that. Black logistics. That's what Shit. that's how you would compete with Amazon. Yeah. And that gives Amazon the, the biggest advantage. So I guess I'm gonna slide in uh, Jeff Bezos step down from CS. Yeah, what, what do you think that means? Just real quick since it's well, not Space I'm really thinking it's like Amazon was he's Bezos is, is brilliant, man. 
But it's just like one of those things like Amazon's not his dream, I don't think. I think he is more passionate about space and particularly uh, competing with Elon Musk. Could you imagine having your own space company and y'all going neck and neck trying to get, for me, I think that would be more thrilling than uh, competing, you know, in business, but also on in freaking space, a literal space race. That yeah. would be more exciting than, yeah, like we're going to keep driving Amazon's stock price up. They know the formula. It's like Amazon is like, yo, we get in there, we buy out our competitors, we buy out their business model, and then, you know, just keep going to stock. But at the same time, yeah. space is far more fascinating. I, and I don't know, I can't speak for Jeff, I'm just speculating. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I know other people have said they know something we don't. So that's why he stepped down. Mm, what do you as far as the economy, like the next phase, maybe next quarter, something's going on. When you see CEOs step down from their position, usually- we, That happened right before COVID, didn't it? And that was nuts. We really didn't get to the bottom of that. It was just like, mass CEOs. And then the economy in the world shut down, like subsequently. That's yeah. So I've been seeing that floating around. So, you know, everybody <laughs> stay on guard, you know, stay vigilant because that's another thing. Somebody else stepped down. Get on that crypto. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? So what do you feel about, let's talk about Nick Cannon going back to Wilder now. What do you think about that? We discussed that. Come on, man. It's just like you're dealing with doubles, man. And when you're dealing with doubles, there's always conditions. And it's like, cool, you're going back to prime time, hola, zombie. <laughs> but like, when you have that type of exposure, an exposure that's given to you, it comes with conditions, and I dare say a muzzle. You know what I mean? So it's like, I would much rather shout out to Nick if you're listening. Like, you got the bread. Get some servers. Build up your own network. Go offline and talk that shit. Can't edit you on your own network. But I mean, like, at the same time, I can't knock them. They could have gave him a really nice envelope and be like, yeah, you know, give you enough of your camera shoes. And he'd be like, yo, just look nice, play ball. But at the same time, the way things are going, I suppose we can transition into uh, YouTube censorship. Yeah. Even mainstream censorship. Yeah. It has to have your own thing because they can't pull the plug on you. Um, I'll talk about this Nick thing real quick. So. Apparently, he did a lot of apologizing to the Jewish community, mm. him for what he said and all this kind of stuff, um, which I am curious about. He was fighting about the rights to Wildin' Out. Now, what I'm not seeing is, did they give him the rights to Wildin' mm. with this, I guess, renewal of their relationship? It doesn't look like it. So they said he had to do, in the recent months, he had to combat anti-Semitism, yeah. uh, partner with the Jewish community organization Anti-Defamation League, and co-authored an op-ed in a Jewish newspaper ur urging Black and Jewish leaders to work together. Also toward the Simon Winthenthal, I, I probably butchered that name, Center. Museum of Tolerance and Pledge a donation to the organization. So he had to do all this to get back on there. Did he have to wear a yarmulke? I am not sure. It doesn't detail. No, I'm being, I'm being facetious. Oh, I was like, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> it is, 
were this a racial slur towards the black community, with so much kiss assing occur? And I dare say no, because we don't have our own stuff. We need our own network, man. Yeah. Both black owned entertainment. Holla at me, Diddy. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, part of me, I'm with you. I'm, I'm split. I got mixed feelings on it because it's like MTV also Viacom, CBS. Mm -hmm. They also realized how much they needed Wilder now. It's a money, it's a money thing because people have been screenshotting the schedule since Wilder now has been off. It was like all ridiculousness and like something else. So basically, <laughs> they were losing money. And they're like, well, you know what? We can kiss and make up because Nick makes us money. Because while I've been on about what, 10, 15 years? Something like really? That. Yeah, wow. it's been on for years. So I'm really curious to know if he got his rights back. It doesn't sound like he did, or they're keeping it very quiet. Or it might be conditional, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. If he brings back those numbers and da 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 da, they might have a discussion of giving him the rights to that show. And I agree with you. Nick should definitely do his own thing. He already has that mindset anyway. He does these gigs for exposure, I think, and uh, kind of like a quasi-marketing blast for all the endeavors that he wants to do. And I also want to know what's up with that Dr. Sebi uh, documentary. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna wrap that up. I wonder if that was a condition. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, a documentary. <laughs> you gotta ask that. But, yeah, um, so I'm very curious about that. I think it's more, it's difficult to break into entertainment off your own skin. But you know, it's like cool, you made some money, you, you got your name known, but that carte blanche freedom of doing what, doing what the fuck you want, like, yeah gotta feel feel liberating and I, I don't think he's he's gonna get that on, on wild me out now was it his podcast a separate thing that yeah, is that, was, that uh, he made the comments was there any mention of that yeah yeah they mentioned that in the article it was uh when he was talking to professor griff a member a former member of the uh public enemy group mm -hmm. um they had a discussion i actually watched that episode um, I'm mad because they took off like all the explosive episodes, well, truth telling episodes. I would say mm -hmm. truth telling. Um, it was one in particular with uh Dr. Joy, I always mess her name up, DeBroy, and she's the author of Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, very great mm -hmm. book. Um, I wanted to re watch that interview because she dropped some gems that I ain't never heard before. I'm like, oh, but I can't find it on YouTube now. They took it down when he had to go through this apology so, tour. So it's like, wow. Again, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, Nick got his thing back, but is he still permitted to do his podcast? It has changed. I haven't really watched it since then, since the incident. Uh, I watched, I tried to watch the one with Kanye and I got a brain freeze. I was like, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Kanye is brilliant, but as far as being able to clearly express his thoughts, he's all over the place. He's very spastic and I can't stand that shit. I, I empathize with Kanye a, a bit as a creative genius, and, and, I, and I get it. But, yeah. You know? um, 
while we are on the censoring, we've been censored multiple times on our podcast. <laughs> Whenever uh, we talk about a, a certain yeah. uh, date in September. Yeah. Got <laughs> censored. Know, we tend to get censored. What else, too? Was it Iran or something else? Martial Law. Uh, they actually took that. Yeah, Martial Law. Yeah, they took that one down. Uh, <laughs> it was like another episode. I feel like it was three. My, those two for sure. Oh, the Black Lives Matter one. Yeah, that one. Like they, they censored the hell out of that. Like they made sure like only one person saw it or something. Like like twenty people. Like <laughs> so, we already know what it is. But banned. So, but dangerous for YouTube to remove Doctor Senate testimony on a coronavirus treatment. Doctor, I guess Corey. This guy, let me see. Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin slammed YouTube's dangerous actions Thursday after the platform censored a video of Dr. Pierre Corey testifying mm-hmm. for the U.S. Senate about a widely available drug that early studies show may help the treatment and prevention of COVID-19. Now, this is coming from Fox. We're going to throw that out there so y'all, so y'all know. Said the senator went on well, I don't say they're they're not a they're not a bad thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Nah, oh no, I just want to mention that it's like they're not a bad broadcasting agency. It's just they're clearly leaning to the right, and whereas yeah. other ones are, a lot of ABC, CNN are clearly leaning to the left. But please. Uh, basically, the senator went on to criticize U.S. health agencies claiming that they have failed to put money and research into exploring repurposed cheap generic drugs like the one in Dr. Corey's findings. Ah, this is interesting. Dr. Corey testified before the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs in December citing the use of a widely available drug called Ivermectin as a potential early treatment and prevention of COVID-19. The drug is is widely available to treat topical diseases caused by parasites show promising results from a study done in Argentina. In the study, 800 healthcare workers received ivermectin, while the Mm -hmm. other 400 did not. Out of the 800, not a single person has contracted COVID-19, while more than half of 400 did. Wow. That so let me, they said this is topical? Like you put this on your skin? I guess. Is that what topical is, right? I had to Google yeah, it. It's it's like it man, but, uh, yeah, you, you put it on your... It's external. That's what I thought. Uh, what was it? That's topical treatment. But you said no one had COVID from it. And it's like, I don't want to say it conflicts with some sort of agenda, i.e. like, hey, you gotta get vaccinated, like, go on and get your vaccine. But, um, we mentioned this before, like, it's it's kind of difficult to describe our government. It's not quite a democracy, <laughs> but it's not that technocracy or whatever, but it's like big tech is working with government or... It, Let's just put it this way. Big Tech censored a president. Big Tech is censoring, you know, the, the words uh, of test or censoring senatorial testimony. Yes, which is public record. 
intentionally supposed to be public record, like C-SPAN, basically, for example. So this is threat to First Amendment, all our rights. People got to realize, like, the threat to our rights is real as hell. Every day, every year, every month. Yeah, again, it's just being done in in a way that is so subtle. Yes. You know, now you mentioned before about these YouTubers. Now we, we discussed the doctor, but you're saying there are other YouTubers who are truth tellers, so to speak, and they are being demonetized, if not entirely removed from the yes. channel. What's that about? One uh, woman I follow, I, I think her theories and what she discusses is very interesting, and it's not mainstream media. Like she digs in deep. Uh, it's two of them. I've seen them. Kim Iverson and uh, yeah, yeah, I, like I like those two. Uh, check out their stuff. Kim Iverson, she's about to come off of YouTube. She has like an email subscription and something else, some other platform I forgot. Uh, then Abby Martin is on YouTube. She does Empire Files. Very yeah, good. I like Abby Martin. She has a really great channel. So those two ladies in particular, I can think on top of my head. Um, and they've been censored. They well, I don't think Abby is much, but Kim for sure. I think Kim is, I don't know how to put it, she's probably a little more radical about how she approaches it, but they're kind of on the same lane, in my opinion. No, where is Check you had to fill out Abby? Where, which way is she leading, or is she objective? I think she presents information for the most part objectively because mm-hmm. I think she is a trained journalist. I think, if I remember correctly. Okay, because I felt she that probably, too. She probably leads, I would say, more a little more liberal, and I think Kim is kind of a little bit more libertarianish, mm. but liberal at the same time. She's like in that kind of. She's read. She's admitted this on one of her episodes. She's like, I'm kind of on this spectrum of right in there uh so yeah so now you can see what the right wingers have been saying even if you don't agree with their philosophy they still have freedom of speech and so now you're seeing it from more of a liberal side that they're getting censored too so it's a little bit interesting i think again you're just going to create this dark net you know there's just going to be freedom of information everything goes well, I don't know man. man it's like me personally where I spy master or even like some sort of law enforcement official I would not want censorship let everyone talk all the junk they can say all the junk they want and get that intel get that information yeah but it's like as soon as you're just like look what happened with Parler I don't know where everyone went after Parler, but they're not. People don't just stop talking when you ban them from Twitter. People exactly. don't stop talking or conspiring when you shut Parler down. It goes to other covert channels, and then now your field operatives are like, "Fuck!" Like I did all this legwork infiltrating Parler. Now I gotta make a new screen name. I gotta find, memorize another password, and you know, find other channels of communication. But um, fun times in 2021, man. You know what it is. <laughs> The show goes on. Shout out to Lupe. You know it. My dude. 
Uh, let's see. What else we got? What do you want to dive into since we're just in a pinball mood? The ping pong, 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 pong. Yeah, let's see what's on this rundown again, man. Cause okay, so we hit. Okay, Biden extremism. Yeah, let's touch on this. Okay. It's some weird language, and I really want to hear your opinion. Your opinion on this. So it says Pentagon stumped by extremism and ranks. <laughs> Stand, hold on here. Orders stand down in the next 60 days. So, what the heck does stand down mean? (laughs) No, really, when you look at this article, let me find it. So, Washington, U.S. military on Wednesday acknowledged it was unsure about how to address white nationalism and other extremisms in its ranks and announced plans for military-wide stand down, pausing, regular activity at some point in the next 60 days to tackle this issue. What the heck does that mean? I have no idea. And the decision to hold the stand that was by the SecDef, which is Lloyd Austin. Uh, let's see. In his confirmation hearing, he underscored the need to rid the military, which we've talked about. People don't like to talk about racism in the military. The purge. And you know he felt it, and OG. And his yeah, absolutely. Got stories to tell. But I'm laughing because it's like telling America to get rid of racism. Like, remember, military is a microcosm of America, where the people yes, like me. Right. So, where they, the military, where they still have bases named after Confederate generals. Like, yeah, well, let's get rid of racism. Like, you gotta start with that. Yeah, so. Ooh. But I'm concerned about what the heck is it? They want to cease military operations? Which just sounds cool. It sounds <laughs> cool, like, uh, okay, like, uh, yo, yo, stand out, stand out. Like everyone, everyone chills. And it's like, what? Then you're doing some sort of evaluation? That's they, what it looks like. They're trying to do an evaluation. Uh, I'm, I'm looking through the article real quick. Uh,. They did not define whether stand downs, pause, and regular activity across the U.S. military might last minutes or hours, or what commanders would do during that time to express opposition to extremism. So, well, hold on, what? I know this article. So, what if your commander is like an extremist? <laughs> like, what happens then? And so it's like. Again, um, someday soon I will publish this novel, The Ayatollah Pyramid, but it goes through just this, where you have extremism in the military ranks and also throughout the federal government, but if it's been infiltrated... How do you flush them out? We talked about this too. How do you flush these individuals out? It's an ideology, almost like religion. Mm, Because people are discussing the notion of a witch hunt. Which is a, could turn into, you know, it, it could where people verge on that thin line of like white nationalism and, and whatever. But I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn down or how it's, it's going to be done and who gets selected to do this investigation. Very how good do, point. How do you do? How do you do that? And what about the backlash from those who are doing the evaluation? What they're going to face? Especially if they're in the military, as far as retaliation and stuff like that, because you know that's coming. 
Yeah, it is, and I could totally see the need of a third party doing this type of audit. But it's a matter of how do you do it. Do you get to go ex comb through their Facebook? Are you going to comb through the Facebook and the posts of every single enlisted member? Because let's consider what like, our military fighting power is like a, a million, at least active duty. Yeah, something like that. What's up, Monte? Shout out, homie. But go ahead. Um, no, I'm mean, not. Do you think a lot of counts? Because they're talking about a minute or months or, or weeks or some shit. Like, I want to hear their, their course of action for that. I'm not too sure. I would. Okay, if you were the sec def, what mm -hmm. would you do to combat this? Oh, what wow. would be your action plan? The thing is, it's like you have to be thorough. And I'm talking about even I'm not I'm not sure if I told you the story where I was in uh, tech school and I got in a fight with some skinheads and they had a skin tattooed on their lip. Uh -huh. They're not out like rocking swastikas and and, sh and stuff. It is like I don't want to say you almost need like a covert unit <laughs> to infiltrate these people. And it's just like is that what you're gonna have? A unit of spies? In the military, just uh, because just thing, it's not just going to pertain exclusively to extremism and white nationalism, yeah. old bloods and crips. They're going to be in there trying to find you too. So yeah, like, maybe that's what it's going to, to come. And it sucks that you have to have that type of infiltration in the ranks, but that's only the only thing I can think of. What do you think? How would they go about this? Definitely the recruiting process. From recruiting to mm -hmm. actually maps to basic, like you really gonna have to have that shit locked down. Like any major red flags, you're disqualified instantly. Like what that? Well, the, so that's your your new recruits, your trainees. Yeah, check that box. Nut. What about uh Captain Richard, who's like I don't know, pledged his allegiance to the Ku Klux Klan, and he, now he's driving around the Atlantic with a nuclear submarine. Like, what do we do with him? Man, what's up, Rye? I see you popped up under your personal account on IG, and we still counting down when you're leaving yeah, IG. Up, uh, I think, and I hate to sound like this, I think that plan, that spy unit, you would have to have in every, you would have to create one in every group, squadron, something like that. Cause you gotta be able to hit people where they're at. And I'm thinking about, think about this. OSI, CID type of yeah, operation. They would probably be attached to them, but nah, they would have to be away from them too, because they would have to investigate them, make sure they're on the up and up too. If you think then about it. Be civilians pretending to be military, third party civilians pretending to be military and infiltrating and be like, hey, you guys want to go to a lynching? Like, is that what this is? I don't know, but I think you're on to something where they would have. To, I would see it be a civilians, but then you gotta you gotta vet them too. And as I said, whenever there's human, there's gonna be a point of failure. Because if it's the guy saying, "Hey, I picked, I've hand picked my team, to do this investigation," but they all tend, they're all compromised, then it's you know it's it's a new point. So, so. What we talked about, you have. I think the best solution would be a combination of all these things we're talking about with AI. And mm. <laughs> You're gonna have to, bro. That's gonna be the equalizer. Like that. That is not gonna be for the most part not biased. You're gonna have to look at the data. 
I was getting ready to interject because it made me smile when you said AI. One of Google's top AI advisors, she's black, she stepped down. And one of her main pr purposes is, you know what's worse than racist people? Racist robots and racist True. AI. So they actually had, you know, equality is something that has to be incorporated into the people who are making these algorithms, people who are making these rules. But um, how would how would AI artificial intelligence be used to conduct this investigation through the <laughs> Facebook thing, reading posts, what have you? Yeah, it would have to be like basically an aggregation of their posts, their service record, uh, maybe interviews of their commanders, their sergeants, or what have you. You're gonna to have to do a whole spectrum, like a peer review, I guess, so to speak. What do they call it? 360 review? Hmm. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, I think it was a. It's a type of evaluation, like when you evaluate somebody, you talk to their peers, you talk to their leadership, and then you go off of their record too, like what they've done, and you kind and of I, put. Can I get that if you're doing that for a candidate, for like you know a selective position? But doing it for the entire military is, whew, that's going to be a very difficult objective. Because here's the thing, even one troop working in supply, hey, shipment of guns coming in, yada, yada, sneak my uh, white supremacist buddies into the fence, and now they're armed for war. Like, they can compromise. So just having one bad link can... Uh, can be compromised. So I don't know. It's just a challenge. How long it will take? How will it affect operational readiness? Um, this is something that needs to be. These questions need to be asked. I think you would have to. That would have to be regulation moving forward. That's mm. like part of the regulation. It has to be institutionalized for this to be successful. And it's a at least ten to twenty year process. This is not some overnight shit like this is a process i think after that say period of like 10 to 15 years with technology rapidly improving um i think then you would start off at a what do you call it i can't think of the word right now you have a baseline after that once you've instituted everything got all the bugs out lessons learned then you can truly say all right We've gotten to a point where there's minute extremism and racism within all the military branches. I totally see a purge. I'm going to disagree with you on the 20 year, particularly with the power of uh, the artificial intelligence. Okay. Say you have your typical troop and they're registering their social media with their conventional name, their government name. It is very short work for artificial yes. intelligence, you know, to. Okay, these are your troops. Uh, scan all their posts. Oh, they like this. They like this. Or, hey, this is a, this kind of like a, how do you say Nazi synthesizing here? Like that's a red flag. You know, it's short work for uh, a machine to do that. That's a great yeah, point. People who have shadow accounts and, and things of that nature, that would be a bit more, be a bit more of a challenge. I I totally like that angle. Actually, that's well, a like, great catch. There's, I, I foresee a great purge, great purge of, of the military. You know, oh, we gotta cut the manpower, whatever they've been talking about, downsizing, anyways. What? 
Remember our, we told that Hyundai and uh, what is it, MIT, Boston Dynamics, they joined forces to mass produce Terminators. So that will fill in the gap. Pretty much. Well, they're not uh, racist robots. <laughs> well, not only that, another factor we didn't consider was special operations. Mm. How do you vet those individuals? But the psyche valve is like, it's deep just to begin with. Like, there's actually yeah. books, like, say you want to be a special operator, there's actually books that you study on how to pass the psyche evaluation, because you can be fit to fight tough as a nail, but if your mind's not right, you don't get to do all the, the wet work, sneaky stuff. So it's like, I don't want to say they vet them, because it's like, how do you say, these hate groups and stuff, they pride themselves on having those elite warriors within their ranks. So I don't know. Yeah, that was the biggest thing because you know how working in small units, you have to be very intimate with each other in the sense that you got to trust these people with your life. Really, you got to trust them with your life on that level because pretty much you're going on suicide missions most of the time anyway or high-risk missions where it's a chance of death. So I'm thinking of like, damn, how do you combat somebody being an extremist in that unit? when you all have to rely on each other. I can understand like mainstream troops and stuff like that. It's a little easier to kind of weed out, but those elite, that's a lot different. I'm gonna say, and you know, love my special operators, tier one. Like, I don't want to say I would work with a racist, if we're do or die, and I think a racist would work with me if they're like, yo, we only got two guns and there's, how do you say, there's 10 of them. So the only way we're getting out of this alive is if we cooperate and, you know, superior fire superiority, you know? But like, I can't say, like, if, do you think, like, you would be like, hey, if it's do or die, we will work together, put our differences aside. Like, in that type of situation, I could say, so I don't think that's like a, a I'm gonna say it's, it's not that big of a threat, but what do, what do you think? How do you think guys are, are working? I think it's more of downtime is what you gotta worry about. Mm-hmm. It's not so much on mission, okay. prepping and training, it's more downtime is where you would have to hit them in a sense. Okay. That's what I feel like. What are your activities downtime wise? What are you really well, doing? Okay, that I could see. And again, it's you. It's very easy to have a witch hunt. You know, it's very easy to to start a witch hunt because uh, let's just say how artificial intelligence works. It's when I'm gonna simplify it. It's like a list. It's like if you check all these boxes, these criteria, the probability is is that you are most likely a racist, and that's what it's gonna do. It's gonna go down through this whole algorithm, crunch all this data and make determinations. Is that significant enough to end someone's military career or permit them a military service? Nah, like I said, it kind of goes back, you know, we had to go through the FBI background check. Mm-hmm. So you have to talk to these people's kid, uh, these teachers, uh, neighbors, you gotta talk to their parents, especially other relatives, like grandparents. 
you got to dig deep, bro, to really see, like, is there a baseline before he even got, he or she got to the military of possible racism, uh, extremism, all this kind of stuff. And again, I see, like, for your Navy SEALs, your Tier 1 operators, guys are putting, pumping, like, a million dollars of training. And, yeah, I would want to check that box. But for your average grunt, do you have the time? Because what do they say? A top secret clearance is X amount of thousands of dollars because the investigation is thorough. Can you afford an, uh, an investigation of that magnitude for every single uh, enlisted troop, every single commissioned officer? And I, guess, that I guess you could. <sighs> you raise a good point. I, I guess I you could look at it as like. Can you afford, say, I've been watching this series on Netflix called Spycraft. Mm -hmm. Can you afford these people sympathizing with extremists that ruin the fabric and national defense of your, co your country, too, by selling secrets to domestic terrorist groups? Or foreign nationals that sympathize with those domestic terrorist groups? Can you afford that either? You, you really you can't you you can't you're right on top of you know how it works if you got enough people that'll spoil the whole squadron the whole group what like, do you mean that really can spread quick like if you got a group of say extremists or bad activity or bad actors oh within, yeah yeah particularly it spreads quick leader uh, like, is charismatic or whatever that, I've seen um, almost mutinies. <laughs> You know, and but they tend to nip that in the butt. If you don't nip that in the butt real quick, then yeah, it's wildfire. Especially you know? with combat-related MOSs or jobs. Yes. Absolutely, you gotta nip on it. So, like we discussed before, on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, put a bow on it. Like that is deeper than it looks. <laughs> so they got a lot of work to do. These Democrats. They do. But you know, they, we, hopefully we were able to brainstorm, share some ideas with them, you know, that they can implement. But it is real. To me, I believe that that threat is real. And if there were some grand conspiracy where the military and other facets of government were infiltrated, Lord help us all. Yeah, so uh, shout out to all the intelligence agencies listening to our fire program. We appreciate you doing our duty yeah. in America. Uh, so <laughs> moving on to something I say interesting. That's Since good. we're on this realm, how would the world handle an independent intelligence agency? An example is Kingsman, which that's what they are. So, how do you think the world would deal with that? No, let's, let's define independent because I know there are, how do you say, there's corporate or private intel. So, what do you mean by independent intelligence agency? Free from any government influence or funding. Um, if it's possible to pull off, I say it would be outstanding. That's that's the goal for this thing right here. Yeah, I think I think that's truly independent. You got your own everything, your own logistics, your own all that shit. You would have to if you're an independent 
intelligence agency. It's like intel. Typically, people think of intel like for war fighting and for things of, of, of government too. But at the same time, it really boils down to information. And to answer your question, how would that change? Independent spy agency or information agency controlling the flow and distribution of it. It would literally change the world. It's not like, hey, get the get the pure facts from, or get it adulterated and cut and watered down from the left, or get it chopped up and, and stepped on from the right. No, you can get the raw, you can get the raw information. You know, it would democratize. Uh, I, I'm all for it. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting because, especially very oppressive uh, governments across the globe. It would really disrupt how they do things. Mm. Our government is not too far behind. It's just a lot more refined. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking of countries like Vietnam, for instance, or China, or just countries like that, where their government is like, you know, we don't play that shit. But here's the thing. Oh, no, go ahead. And North Korea, perfect example. Like, now you have an intelligence agency who can give unadulterated, uncut, like you said, information. That changes everything. That changes the whole game. And they don't subscribe to one nation or the other. It really does. But here's the thing. You see why a lot of these journalists are going to these countries and they're getting kidnapped and, and, and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it sucks. But for my, I would want my guys and gals trained like spies if they gotta pack weapons do what you gotta do but like get the get the information get it raw and get out alive and and so we can share it to the world but if it requires some training on how to be more clandestine just for security and anonymity sure why not yeah uh, and i'm i guess another thing because i've been watching that spy series spycraft on netflix check it out uh, kind of pissed me off. I was telling my homie yesterday. I was like, "You get to see who are patriots to the country, and who are our true Americans." That that show really had me pissed off at these spies that were committing treason. So, mm. um, but anyway, I was thinking about all right. You start this independent intelligence agency. Mm-hmm. Where would you recruit from? Would you recruit from? say different countries and y'all all come together as a union and how would you bet them to bring them into your organization i mean like for one and like i said i was going through this exercise it's just like i don't want to say i want to get as much intel and information i want to set it up to where hey people like of the world i will pay for solid credible intelligence but like, even if it's just someone walking down the street with their camera and they're getting some, some, some footage, you know, of like all these troops being deployed to California, like um, there's some mention of, you know, Biden's talking about deploying troops there. But getting that footage and getting the real story, what's going on the ground, that has value. Absolutely. And it's just like, hey, I'll buy that. And if we can encourage people to do that around the world, we're gonna get a lot of information coming in. And it's not just like, hey, you're getting it from CNN. Do this and do that. No, it's like, hey, so-and-so from who's on the boots in the ground in L.A. just say, yo, zombies are eating everyone. Like, here's yeah. footage. Like, this so, is... I got you. Like, in essence, a force multiplier. Yes. 
Absolutely. I'm tracking 100%. I want it to be decentralized so that the whole thing can keep running. But the most important thing is the value of information, how to shift out the BS and get the, the gems and, and the goodies. But data, they, Mark Cuban, I call them every time. Like, data is the new oil. Information is, is Very true. powerful and valuable. I think it would really change the world and maybe encourage these these media agencies to be more honest and objective. (laughs) We'll see. All right. So so we're talking about skills. Uh, Let's talk about this LinkedIn article that I popped up on. Right. Skills versus degrees. And Kevin and I have been preaching this, telling this, spreading this throughout the whole series that skills matter more than degrees at this point unless you're like a doctor or something of that ilk which requires that much schooling and a degree so to speak but if you really break it down it's really a bunch of certifications Hmm. if you really think about it so I mean you can argue both sides of that but this LinkedIn article is talking about Men in the job degree disconnect. In recent years, employers of all stripes have used their four-year college degrees as a hiring crutch. Instead of seeking employees who have skills required for specific positions, employers simply slapped on the four-year degree requirements to all manner of openings, reports BBC's Work Life Kate Morgan. The result, vast portions of prospective workforce have been excluded from jobs they likely can perform well. And companies pay more for over-credentialed workers, many of whom end up feeling dissatisfied and leave in short order. What might help cutting degree requirements for jobs that don't truly require a bachelor's and a commitment from employers to train the workers they need? Oh my God! This that's like every single. That's like every single job. And the thing is, it's like it's funny because most things you learn are on the job training like i think there's some partnership behind closed doors with universities and these big corporations that made it a prerequisite but it's not it's 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 really not it's like they're my day job big initiative on knowledge sharing meaning like document the information on how to do the job so that means anyone can come in plug and play watch this little video and now you know how to do the job it's like sure well a college degree and some formal training prior help you out yeah but if you have proper documentation like a six-year-old can do it this goes back to something in the military that we are very familiar with which were SSIs. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Security, special security instructions? Exactly. Uh, what was right, it? Times, eh? All like that was tired. What was it? Uh, standard was operating procedures? Yes. And so what AFI regulations or standard operating procedures, like all this stuff is what you could do out here. I fought with one of my other former companies about this and then they end up implementing this like as I'm leaving, I'm like, what was that? I said, you should have a, a standard operating procedure on how you should sort the garments. Since we're dealing with garments, you had like jeans, you had like uh, jackets, mm-hmm. you had like polo shirts. You had, so you need to separate those differently for cleaning. So 
So I said you should have a standard operating procedure on how to sort those on every truck. So anybody can go in any truck, oh, this is how we do this. Because you have consistency. And yeah, exactly. It's organization. It's, it's, it's smart. <laughs> like, it's, I don't want to say common sense, but it's smart. And so a lot of stuff I have learned, I always wait for on-the-job training because what you learn in orientation is not what you're going to be doing mm. when you get but Just even not. what you learn in college is not what you're going to be doing in uh, in real life. We kind of yeah. emphasized before about how corporations not only should be, they should make their own colleges, but it should be free. You know, it's like, yo, go to, and I, I'm, I'm sure Apple is, and I said it's not uncommon, but yeah, because Apple has Apple University. I think Google has their own thing, but this should yeah. be where education is, is going. But it, I, I preach online makes everything available so it's like if anyone in the world can go to these universities for free well heck as an employer i have countless resources that i can choose from because they've been trained and spun up to do the job i don't know i think it's brilliant i think also i wanted to say what i think college is college is well used to be i think it's transformed to something totally different but college is where you can learn about yourself mm-hmm network yes and uh learn how to critically think and manage your life that's what college is in my opinion it's a combination of those things i go with that and it's like at the same time it, it provides a, a testament of continuity like yo you did x amount you jumped through this hoop for four years or whatever like at the end of the day but i agree with the statements before now what could supplement that for someone who's not going to college. <sighs> Ooh, I mean, it depends on that personal, that person's mm -hmm. lifestyle, what they want to do from here, because technology, like we said, is disrupted between COVID and technology, mainly yeah. COVID, but I would say tied in with technology has disrupted the college model now. So colleges are now scrambling, well, what are we gonna do now? Because people don't have to enroll and Trump actually signed something where we don't have to require degrees for certain positions. I yeah, think it was like that. government positions or something to that effect. Yeah, I do God. recall hearing that. And I think that's great because yeah. it's like you mentioned about there's so many positions that could be filled, but you have this this hurdle of either you, if you didn't go into the military, you get college paid for, you got to go into debt to get a job. That's a ridiculous mindset that we need to get away from. But I want yeah. I want to throw one more thing out. Okay. One who needs to hear this, like people hit me up, like, "Yo, like, the world's going remote. How do I get into it?" And um, there's it's it's not easy, but there's with time and dedication, it can be done. Um, have you heard of Salesforce? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Salesforce, like I've heard of it like a long time ago. I vaguely living in new york city you see a skyscraper all the time i didn't know what it was but this thing is literally touching and taking over everything it's like the best way to describe it is it's the spreadsheet of the future like before people know about excel yeah they've used excel but excel has its limitations like if you wanted to, a thousand people to view an excel document at the same time You'd have all types of issues going on in the back end. Salesforce is a website. A thousand people can view it all at the same time. People can make changes. 
there's a lot of great things that you can do with Salesforce. But long story short, do an, in, do an Indeed search, and I'm speaking to anyone who's looking to get into the remote uh, world, do an Indeed search and you'll see countless jobs for Salesforce because it's literally touching anything. But Salesforce has this great site, it's called Trailhead, and it's like a game where you, it's not college or anything, it's you do it on your own time, and it literally walks you through how to use this system. It's a virtual, it's on a website, so you're creating projects, you're learning how to do this, like how you would do it in a real job. When you're done, you get badges and accomplishments, points and, and whatnot. And if you go on this track when you're done, you, you, you can take the exam, and then that will open up a lot of doors for getting into the remote world. Like, it, it takes time and dedication. It's not easy, but with perseverance, it, it can be done. That's and dope. I'm, I'm considering, like, doing, uh, you know, doing a channel, just walking people through. If, if anyone wants to learn Salesforce, I'm consider just doing a Salesforce channel, uh, walking through the module, teaching that, and, you know, getting people, you know, to come on to, to this remote world. It has its perks. You can work anywhere in the world. But, you know, it's... For, for people out there with the kids, like, you know, and you don't want to take them to, to how do you say, the child care, whatever. It's like, if you're working from home, you can spend more time with your kids. I don't know. It has its perks, and there's a lot of opportunities, you know. Um, I, want to, I want to provide a way for more people to get into that. I feel you, bro. Uh, that was well said and very helpful. And make sure we put all these links to this stuff in the description. Um, that was awesome. That's something I might have to look at myself. Um, what else you want to talk about, bro? Let's do um, this babies and heavy metal real quick. Yeah, what is that about? <laughs> you sent me that article. I was like, oh, this is a catchy little title. So, uh, you want to read or I'll read? It doesn't matter. Hold on. I'm looking for one. He says, babies and. Okay, I see it here. Is this Hot Post, huh? Yeah, Huff, Huffington Post. Uh, some baby food chains contain dangerous levels of toxic materials, reports fine. So a congressional investigation found that numerous products, toxic levels of heavy metals. Oh, wow, this is pretty bad. So Washington, Reuters, U.S. congressional investigations found dangerous levels of toxic heavy metals in certain baby foods that could cause neurological damage. The House Oversight Committee said to report based on release Thursday is calling for new standards and testing requirements. So let's see if we can, real quick, if we can find them. So the panel examined products made by Nutrier Inc., Haynes Celestial Groups Incorporated, Beech Nuts Nutrition, and Gerber. A unit of Nestle said, adding that it was greatly concerned that Walmart Incorporated, Campbell Soup Company, and Sprout Organic Foods refused to cooperate with the investigation. Interesting. Uh -huh. So the U.S. baby food market was worth an estimated $8 billion in 2020. Wow. Wow. So I'm just trying to see if they have, if they're listing anyone who has it. Food and Drug FDA. Uh-huh. Well, Campbell said in a statement on the website that its products are safe. But no lead in there. Um, I'm going to post all these links in there. You guys can dig through it. But yeah, it's it's it blows my mind. It's like, and granted, in this particular case, it's like it is it's the you know congressional oversight is finding these 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 toxic levels in the food 
and they're doing something about it. But at the same time, it's like, how the heck does it get to this? How does a, a baby food company get so comfortable or that they permit a margin of error that allows toxic heavy metals to go into the something like, it, oh, did it come from China? Like I get China. Nothing against China, but you have a bad reputation for putting lead in everything. Toothpaste, toys, whatever. But in America, like, how does this happen? Corporate greed and negligence. Hmm. I would say willful negligence on top of that. Just thinking what do you about mean by like, what do you mean? What do you mean by willful negligence? They don't give a shit. That's <laughs> the way to put it. Like they what they worried about their profits. They don't care about what happens to the human that ingests their product. And then you gotta blame some of these government organizations to a degree that let this shit slide and don't put the hammer down immediately when they find something. Not saying they don't, but mm-hmm. more than likely they're letting some shit slip through. And it's like, yo, like, do better, man. Like Profits over people, like that gotta stop. When it's like things that children, that babies eat. I don't get it. Like crush some bananas and some carrots and call it a day. Like well, how, why do you have to put lead in that? And this is the other thing on top of that. So say you go the natural route and you grow all your own shit. Mm-hmm. Then they try to regulate you growing all your shit because you're cutting into lobbyist groups efforts of big big agriculture and all this kind of shit all these regulate well you can't do this because it is but you're putting out you're letting toxic stuff come out so i'm taking charge of my livelihood as far as the health and safety of my family and you're penalizing me for that too like even with monsanto and these seeds that you can't you can only grow once it's like so much has been done to make us dependent on the system but again it's like i don't want to say congrats that this investigation is going on but at the same time when the united states government says yeah we care about your health and safety while permitting the sale and distribution of cigarettes that are killing (laughs) far more than covid i don't take it very seriously (laughs) it's like you're eating from both ends bro like come on man (laughs) it's like again under my administration, sure, all that stuff would be permitted, but that death tax would be hefty. Like, what? Uh, shout out the lamp, you over there in um, Saudi Arabia. He's saying what? The alcohol, the tax on alcohol is like a hundred percent. It's more or less like if you want to, you want Heineken, it's like double what you pay because of the tax. And imagine that taxation going to healthcare for people who want to indulge in all their gross stuff. But. It go a long way. Uh, let's see. What do you want to hit next? Let's talk about something a little more off the radar. The media coverage after Trump, since okay. he's off all social media, mm-hmm. it's about how much money the mainstream media is losing not having that cash cow Trump. It's. <laughs> I'm really curious. They really gave him. He really gave them a lot to talk about. But um. At the same time, they're still talking about him a bit, but it's like, um, they're now, as we discussed, they lean to the left. So now it's like, 
Democratic president, Democratic objectives on the news. Oh, okay. I'm finding numbers now. All right. What's up? What kind of numbers? All right. <laughs> you gonna see this like, oh. All right, just from two outlets, social media. We just talk about social media. That is a form of media. This is from Newsmax Finance, I guess. Okay. Twitter and Facebook alone lose 51 billion in value after booting Trump. What? 51 billion? Over two, the last two trading sessions. And this was reported by Business Insider. I think like that he was probably the only the main reason I had Twitter was to listen to the crazy stuff like that the former president of the United States. And it's like that's what was so mind blowing about it. It's like he was the president of the United States, but he's just tweeting all this wild stuff on there, and that is what I found so entertaining. And then you're right, in his absence, it's like I find myself not going to Twitter so often. Yeah, I'm just curious, and it don't look like the news stations will post what they're losing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed. Um, but I found that it that's a lot of money over two trading sessions already. Like, damn, but how does that work? What do you why I lost it because they don't have anything to talk about, or like basically because he was a lightning rod for conversation and controversy. You know, that sells in media. He's not done, he's, he's about to go through this impeachment, and so I guess <laughs> this is something we can. We can slide in too. Evidently, his lawyer has some sort of damning evidence on the video from the Democrats that he intends to uh, use against or in, in Trump's defense. Interesting. And another, uh, another plot twist Osama okay. bin Laden's niece is a big Trump supporter and she's making claims that the election is going to be undone in X amount of time because of some, some like QAnon or whatever. Oh, I'm just gonna keep transitioning. So QA9 guy shaman, right? The guy who raided the, the capital with the horns. Yeah. This guy got transferred to a jail with organic food. Because he went on a hunger strike. Interesting. Do you think that if everyone was just special conditions, or will they make accommodations for everyone who needs to be on an organic diet? Nah. So avidly said. Nah, he got polarized and mainstreamed, and that's why he's getting that treatment, in my opinion. Interesting. I'm curious if these are our lawyers pulling these strings. Oh, I'm sure. How are these jail transfers happening? Oh, no, he's being financed. I already know he has to be. There's no way he's not. Like, crowdsourcing, like, uh, GoFundMe, all that kind of shit. He's being financed. <laughs> That's why he's getting that treatment. But is that what that means? So is that what our criminal justice system has become? It's the means of hey, you pay more and you get and you get like organic food a little more. You get some lobster. You get more. You get some champagne. Chip, chip an extra hundred. You bring some hookers in here. Like, is that how our criminal justice system works now? Like, pretty much, it's always worked like that. Money wins out. Money gets you out of everything or gets you access to everything. Like I heard Pablo Escobar built his own jail, but at the same time in, in America, where people were like, you have people in, in, in jails and in prison where the conditions are deplorable, let alone the food. And you got this guy crying about his diet and he gets transferred. Like, 
I'm glad that, you know, its needs are being met. But at the same time, when you have a prison population that's going over 2 million, you know, and we're steadily preaching the notion of equality, everyone should eat organic. And that's that. Or not. Real quick note something I noticed when I went to Ikea, Mm -hmm. I thought very fascinating. I should have took a picture of it, but. They had a black equality fist in a flag next to the Swedish flag and the American flag. I found that very interesting. And yeah, it's a picture of that. I know I should have. I could probably go back and do it. I got to do it this month. Um, yeah, I'd like but to see. You, know, you think it's only for February? Probably. I'll be curious to see if it lasts after February. But the well, thing that caught my. March 1st. Take that shit down. <laughs> Now, what caught my attention is it said black equality. It didn't okay. say black lives matter. It said black equality. That okay. means total, something totally different than black lives matter. But I think it's uh, people are, catch, are catching on or will catch on like an organization. <laughs> black lives matter is an organization. You don't want to be repping an organization, rep a cause, rep something. I think black uh, equality is you can't fuck that up. And I, I just say shout out to Ikea, man. Being progressive, not even American. Y'all are Swedish and y'all get it. And our own fellow Americans can't get it. Well, don't want to get it. Let's put it let's put it correctly. And I'm just shaking my head like, these are your own citizens. You do realize this, right? Like, that always bothers my These are American citizens. But I think it goes back to the notion of if we obtain equality, they lose leverage. You're on the same playing field as us. And COVID has exposed that. Mm. And we talked about that. All bets are off when COVID hit because it affected every class level to some degree in some form or fashion. Yo, I totally agree, bro. Uh, what else we want to talk about? Let me Since... get into this new rule, new law. You know, okay. That we're doing Great America. And uh, so we have a situation going on across America where we have an aging population, and not all, but uh, some of these people in there they have dementia, they have all types of mental disorders where they can't take care of themselves. And what's going on across the nation is people are losing their homes. Now, there is a, mo- a moratorium. Uh-huh. I think that's come to an end you know, until Biden signs something new in, in, in place. You know, um, people would continue to lose their, their homes, particularly senior citizens. And I think what should be done, just creativity, creatively thinking, is that government should buy these homes instead of you know, sheriff selling them, whatever, buy these homes. And it's selfish just for the government to buy someone's home just for them. I think it's rather than cramming all these senior citizens into like nursing homes, buy up these senior citizens' homes that are going into foreclosures, and then put like maybe three more people in there, like four pe- four seniors living in a house rather than some overcrowded hospital that's reeking with COVID. And then they can take care of each other, have other people go in and check on, I don't, I don't know. But what we're doing in now in America, where putting seniors on the street and forcing them out of their home, that's unacceptable. 
and that's why I'm proposing this new book. I like that, uh, considering that I have two elderly grandparents that are in their 80s. That would be awesome. And then have somebody take care of their needs, like medically, food-wise, like make it where they're comfortable. They've done their time. They've contributed to society. They should be taken care of in their later years. I, I think that's like a service to American citizens that we should recapture and implement taking care of our seniors, like be more compassionate about that and more intentional. Um, I think so too. And again, it's like, once you acquire these assets though, like they can still be used. Like this homelessness thing, it's, it's getting crazy. It's like people are losing their, their homes, but then there's this housing bubble where it's real estate properties are actually rising. So yeah. it's like, it's a bit of a conundrum, but what if once government owns this place, oh, like old person died, don't worry, we still own this house. Someone else can, can go in there and, and live. But um, it's 2021, everything's going, everyone's going broke. We, we gotta consider new ways to do things. And if that model is, because some of these properties go for dumb cheap, on the share of sales and the auctions, if that model is ec more economically feasible than keeping these big institutions open, then it's just something to consider. I don't know. Well, not also that, you augment them. So they're not overcrowded. So mm. you okay. have, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it. Like, oh, well, you augment to say the nursing homes or senior living facilities, or you augment it now and then. You keep these people in their house, their home. You tend to live a better life. You tend to recover. You tend to stay healthier if you're in a home. Yes. Versus I agree. Villages and all this other kind of stuff. It's like a literal home. And it's like, there could be some friction at first, you know, but at the same time in these homes, like, you know, in the, the hospital, nursing homes like that, sometimes you're stuck with a, a roommate. But whereas you have an entire house, it's just like, yo, you know, I think it's it's like a home setting. I think that would be a better place for seniors to retire, do their thing, than the system we have in place at the moment. I'm venting, my mom has dementia, and her home is going up for sure, so. And it's just like, wow. It's like, I get it, you know, bills get messed up, she has mental conditions, but it's like, <clears throat> that's the system that we just have in place, that they're just like, Literally what will happen August 5th, if she doesn't come up with the present, she's not. It's like they will force her out of her home. 72 year old lady with uh, with dementia. And that's the way the game works in America. And I wanna bang, upgrade that. Okay. 100%. Uh, sorry to hear that and we will adapt and overcome. That's what we do. You know it. Uh, let's see, what else? So let's talk about Mr. Floyd Mayweather. Floyd, <laughs> I think he's bored in retirement. So it's possible. He needs something to do. So where's this one? Yeah, because he wants to fight 50, right? Yeah, and that's a weight matchup nightmare. Like 50 is a heavyweight. And yeah, he's, he's like lightweight. He's a very broad guy. Is he, is he a featherweight? Okay, here he is. Floyd Gordon. Retirement. Fifty did slim down to do that movie, so he could drop a few. He could drop a few pounds to get it. To get it. <laughs> but what I do admire, though, 
and Mike Tyson kind of set the precedent is like the exhibition match it's I don't want to say it's like they're getting a bigger chunk of the action I'm not too sure how the money is being made because it's not a fight it's not a title fight so you don't need hey you need the certifications and approval from this committee and blah 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 and it's like no fuck you we're doing our own thing and it's like you have that carte blanche control of how the show is run so it's like it's not so much it's an entertaining thing it's entertainment at the end of the day yeah. and so even entertainment thing as as in the consideration do you think a weight class is pertinent that's that's significant in here uh-huh no I'm not uh, well, they're talking about so he stressed that it would be all open weight contest meaning either person can weigh whatever they want to rather than be constricted to welterweight or cruiserweight just for example mayweather's old division so it is an exhibition but still like a heavyweight hit a lightweight they threw bro like that's just what it is 50 is a boxer too he's not just a big guy like he's trained for this since he was like a kid so it's like I'm not too sure he's up to his training, but he looks in pretty decent shape. It's yeah. reach reach wise, like fifty seems to have the reach on him as well. And he has the weight, he has the reach, but at the same time Floyd has the the muscle memory and years of experience. True. Would you put your money on if they were like not going full power, but you know, that's a, a I feel I feel like Mayweather without boxing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if they like really trade blows, obviously fifty. Like <laughs> that's how I look at it. Like if you're if you're just being like if it's just a show, yeah, give it to Floyd. But if it's like actually trading blows, going for the KO, like going for the knockout, you would put fifty. I think yeah. 50 well, but it's like because even when they describe Floyd as a fighter, they don't really. I forget they use this word, and I want to say it was like. They let it, they the way to describe Floyd that he is a he's a fighter that doesn't go for the knock. He's a point fighter. You know what I mean? He wins more of like getting points, like getting hits than like knocking people out. Yeah, was it defensive fighter? I know I mean, that's, that's um, a word that they they may have used, but it, I don't know. I would I would pay to see it. I would like to see it. I would like to see it because it'd be interesting. But if like I said, they got to trade blows for real. Nah, bro. <laughs> But I ain't mad at the hustle. I think Floyd is just bored in retirement. That's what I, don't, I don't know. Like, and, and Floyd is, um, but here's the thing. And I think why this is why it's, it's easy for Floyd to do this. He is undefeated. Even if he loses to 50, this still counts as a lose. It's yeah. not a fight. It's expedition. Exhibition. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's entertaining. I'll say that. But uh, Floyd finds something to do, man. Like help out in Flint or something. You from that area, so like, do that. I guess uh, philanthropy. Now, is this there's any mention of charity? Because that's what, oh, and I think Mike's was doing some sort of charity. I don't remember. So I can see him might might be doing. I know Floyd's more about the money. Mm-hmm. So, but I I would see him doing something charitable. Actually, I think that would be cool. But this is the direction I'd like to see more of. Like, again, it's just like the collaboration, people coming together, and it's so, it's not like a conventional fight. Again, like, who was to think to see Floyd and 50 bump heads? 
I would like to see musical artists do this, like rappers get in the ring, box. <laughs> That'd be cool. And I remember they had Celebrity Deathmatch. That was a claymation thing that they had back in the day. But yeah, I would like to see more. Or actors and actresses, yeah, stuff like that, like <laughs> politicians. That'd be cool. That would be the main event. But like, who else is who else is fighting? Uh, you talking about in that? You talking about in the Floyd thing? Yeah. Uh, it said three exhibitions. Hold on, let me reread this. Okay. Uh, I guess Floyd and Fifty would be the main fight. And I'm trying to see. doesn't really say they probably would find people that be well, like, they said something about charity. he famously used ALS ice bucket challenge to issue a challenge of his own to American boxers saying that Mayweather could read one full page of Harry Potter book then he donate 750 to charity oh never mind so I thought they were saying Floyd was they were playing but uh I think uh, they were filling in with somebody I don't know who but again, the, the business model is, is brilliant because it's, you're not you're cutting out all these uh, boxing federations, yeah, things of that nature, and you have that control. Which I like. Does um, yeah, keep it going. I'm looking. I would look forward to see it. I would even play if uh, you know. There's a, <laughs> I think who what celebrity I'd like to punch in the face. <laughs> Beyond that. <laughs> So let's talk about security, one of our specialties. Four defenders. Answer Fortis. So, um, what are we talking about security? Uh, Air Force launches global security review after intruder accesses Joint Base Andrews and enters the plane. What plane? Air Force One. <laughs> How the fuck does this happen? Hold on, where is it? That's mine. Oh no, it's a C forty aircraft, so I take that back. It's not Air Force One. I was about okay. to say. Uh let's see. Oh, this is on uh stripes. Yeah. They're still gathering all the facts. Yo, intruders access and nonetheless, it's like And Andrews, you already know. It. Damn near everything is PL one. That's where the president is. Yeah. PL one meaning protection level one or priority level one resource. Like deadly force is authorized. You know, shoot you. Yeah, mess around with those planes. But yeah, that's wild, man. Ooh, I know. Ooh, I'm thinking of that commander. Ooh, I know he got his ass ripped. Ooh, God. I'm just, I can only imagine the poop that's rolling down the hill on the air. Absolutely. And I already know our Who's squadron. out of their AOR? Yeah. Our squadron, oof. They don't so, play uh, the security. Yeah, like, oof. I just would hate to be in that commander's call for that. I mean, it's better that than uh, the people who lost those nukes for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> True. What do you mean? You don't know. You don't know, sir. <laughs> yeah, wow, man. But yeah, security is 
that was like always your main concern like you know working home base is while threat is less there's always the possibility you know of intrusion on on the home base and that occurred any damage occurred nah i want to know who this person was that got caught though what what affiliation do they have like they're American citizen, the ideology, like what? Adult male, that's all we know. Wow. Let's see. Oh, they declined to give the man's name. Okay, so OSI is taking care of that art. So they're probably doing that so you don't get famous, but I'm curious. They just said adult male. I'm curious the nationality. Absolutely. A white national. Like yeah, I, I feel like if it was somebody who got some melanin, it would have been a lot different. So they probably have been dead. Hold on. There's one more article on here. Boom, boom, boom. The one where Biden's talking about deploying the troops. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. This is extremism. I don't know if it's on here, though. Uh, it should be the troop one, so it's uh might be Congress waking up. That's what it should be under there. Uh, okay, so this is on this is stripes. Yeah, this also on stripes. So Congress calls for end to program that gave billions to win. No, no, you can do this one. That's not the one. I, I'm talking about where he wants to send a thousand troops to Cali and then oh, okay. ten thousand troops across the country. You might have to pull that one up. So I, remember that one. I will okay. read this uh -huh. I'll read this off real quick. Um Okay. Congress calls to end the program that gave out billions to win support hearts and minds in Iraq and Afghanistan. So lawmakers want to end military and to end a multi-billion dollar program meant to win over the people of Afghanistan and Iraq through cash and work projects. Thank fucking God, because it was a fucking waste of time. Sorry I'm fucking pissed off right now, because I watch them try to build infrastructure for the people that occupy their country, and you're trying to tell them how to do their country. It's a waste of money. Taxpayers' money, mind yes, you. Indeed attention to that shit so when I read this I was fucking elated because I was like about time and it took 20 years to do this shit so I'm like so yeah I was pissed off but also happy um, it's been 20 years of conflict out there and I don't want to say it's, it's time to wrap up wrap that up but yeah it should have been wrapped up it should have been nipped out in the butt and we talk about Afghanistan and in Iraq all the time but <laughs> we need uh, some privatized security man. yeah so yeah finally they're being smart uh congress do something with that shit all right what else you got okay um let me touch on this one real quick okay Oh, it's gonna pop up. Do it. So, this article is saying Biden administration to send troops to California to help staff with COVID vaccine. So, here's some key points. More than a thousand active duty troops will be deployed to help 
delivered COVID-19 vaccinations across the U.S., a member of President Biden's coronavirus response team announced Friday. So some troops will arrive in California within the next 10 days to begin operations by February 15th. Additional states will follow. So I'm going to skip down. Okay. Here it says Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has approved the deployment of more than a thousand active duty troops to help deliver COVID 19 vaccines across the U.S. And these ones are going to Cali. So hold on. This is uh, where I wanted to get into. So it's saying Biden is trying to pick up the pace of vaccinations in the U.S. After a slower than expected rollout under the former President Donald Trump, the U.S. has distributed about 57 million vaccine doses, but only about 35 million have been administered. That's actually not bad. That's actually a lot. 35 million. And so the Pentagon is working with the Federal Emergency Management Agency to expedite the delivery up expedite the delivery of shots and it is also weighing a request to send up to 10,000 troops to support vaccination efforts across the country. Huh. Now, that is what I wanted to, to, to briefly discuss and it's this one was under the radar but at the same time uh, we, we mentioned HR quadruple six and what that yeah. could entail and 10,000 is quite a bit of manpower. So it says uh, a thousand active duty service members will compose of five teams involved in units from Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marine Corps. According to the Department of Defense, the troops will include nurses and medical staff who will administer Pfizer and Moderna's two doses of vaccines, according to the agency. So, um, again, we can elaborate more. This article it has a bit more to go on. We're going to leave these links. You can um, do your own due diligence. But... Yeah, whenever I hear mobilization and deployments and what have you, particularly when they are domestic, spider sense is tangling. But, you know, but what do you think? Uh, it's par for the course. They really try to be ambitious about this, what, 100 million uh, vaccinations in 100 days? Mm-hmm. So they're augmenting that. They're going to force multiply, do whatever they got to do to hit that because that immediately establishes credibility for this administration by hitting that goal. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. I just want to be minding my own business, driving down the road, and it's freaking roadblock road. Get out of the car. You've had your vaccination. Like, yeah. Here, help you with that. Here's a booster. Take that. But I don't know, right now everything seems voluntary, you know? So let's keep it that way. Yeah, they're doing programs here locally. I was seeing the news because I barely watch local news, but I was watching. They're taking care of seniors and uh, low-income communities, black neighborhoods, brown neighborhoods. Uh, I feel ambivalent and mixed feelings about it, but they seem to be positive about it. So at this time, it's people's choice. As Americans, you have a choice to get the vaccine or not. Uh, as long as it's a choice, I have no problem with it. Um, it is what it is. My grandparents have gotten their first dose of the vaccine, I believe. So I would assume, I don't know which one. I think the Pfizer one, maybe. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess they get their second dose probably, I would assume, this week. And my mom is not happy about it, but... What is her, uh, her quarrel about? She is very not anti-vax, but she's against this vaccination simply because of Hank Aaron as an example. He was pretty much a baseball legend. He recently took it and died, like, not too long after. Wow, I didn't... Wow. That's pretty wild. And they was very quiet on the news. And he was trying to promote black folks to get the vaccination. He ends up dying, like, I think two weeks later after he got it. So I don't even think he got to his second dose, if I remember. I'm not sure. Let me ask you this. Is there... What type of validation do you get upon getting vaccinated? As far as... Like, they give you a stamp or a sticker or you're in some sort of blockchain database. You're like, yeah, like, you've been vaccinated and this is how you prove it. Like, do you, do you know if you got a receipt, if they got a receipt or any type of... I, I'm sure they're keeping very detailed records of it from what I was noticing when they were administrating the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just medical procedure anyway. They're going to have your demographics, your contact information, all that. So... I think just standard procedure. I don't know anything extra they would do unless you have adverse effects. Then I could definitely see them zone mm-hmm. in on you a little more or whatever. It's that's it's wild. It's a shock what you just mentioned with the you know with the, with the baseball player. But um, we will see. Well, I have faith in the military to do whatever their mission is. You know, I'm just curious uh, the details of that. More will be disclosed in the future. Well, obviously, they're going to have security with them uh, as support to the medical teams and all that. And then on top of that, um, it's basically a demonstration of life force in a way. If you want more life force without the guns. So (laughs) it's it's like a loose demonstration of life force. Yeah. like it's mobile I want to see how this thing plays out and yeah I like the comparison but I just want to make sure it doesn't uh, no one's pressured into uh, into getting it but I did hear the opposite is where like there's a lot of scarcity with this vaccine I guess someone a story that came by they took some vaccines to vaccinate some of the teachers because there's discussion about opening up the schools and they were unauthorized so I forget what agency came in and they took them. They took like thousands, if not millions, of these vaccines because of that. Um, that inoculation was not authorized. But wild times we're in, man. Yeah, uh, another LinkedIn article real quick. Rehiring Boomerang employees. Okay. So a tight, tight labor market for talent and a cultural shift in how employees and employers view each other has led to the phenomenon of boomerang employees or those who left for greener pastures only to be rehired months or maybe years later. A lot of that, I've, I've encountered a lot of that here mm-hmm. at my old job when I would visit businesses and stuff like that. And I would see people do that, actually like resign do their thing and then come back and I'd be like and it was just very fascinating to run into that very commonly and uh so can you you get an example like what do you mean like they go and like open up a a 
car rental place and they'd be like yeah i don't want to do this anymore and then they go back to, to the job yeah it's a mixture it's like either they start their own business or whatever circumstances they left the company under maybe the old management but they still have a contact with somebody that was there from the old regime and they probably get them back in or whatever the case might be like all different scenarios um human resource experts say one advantage to this practice is workers may be less risky than new hires according to the Harvard business review but they may and they may return with fresh knowledge skills and maturity however data reveal a downside boomerang employees come back lacking higher levels of commitment and they tend to turn over quicker than other workers interesting so I, I don't know i thought it was interesting i was thinking about it like even my company that let me go in april said hey you can come back later or whatever whatever i was like and that's but why I'm, you should never burn bridges you know yeah and it was cool to offer, but knowing my history with them, that was burned anyway. Just our history with working together is burned. Not necessarily I burned a bridge with them. Mm -hmm. Our relationship was burned anyway on the way out. Like, it was a lot of mistrust. It was toxic. So I wouldn't go back to it anyway because of that already environment and the people I had to deal with. And they're still in power, so I wouldn't go back to that anyway. So let me ask you this. Injuries and, and youth aside, would you go back to the Air Force if you had the opportunity? If I can cross-train. Yeah, I can see that being cool. Yeah, if I can cross-train, hell yeah, I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. I, if it really was hitting the fan, then yeah, I would go back. Now here they're... There's some waivers with the beard and maybe even with the hair. They're doing some uh, new dress But great times in, in, in the military, the former employer. I In another life, yeah, I would do it all again. Uh, last, was this the last topic? The house rep, they kicked her out? That one chick? Yeah, yeah, forget her name, but I don't even know. What were they beefing over? Like? I think she, let's get into this article a little bit. Okay. Uh, House ousted oust, uh, Majority Taylor Green from committees with 11 GOP votes. This is coming from Forbes. And on Thursday, the House voted to strip Republican, well, Representative, she is a Republican out of Georgia, Majority Taylor Green of her assignments on House Labor Education and Budget Committees over her past comments. It, including support of assassinating political opponents wow. and bizarre QAnon conspiracy with all Democrats and 11 Republicans voting for the resolution. They said basically on her conduct, we're getting her out of here. Her other and other racist, anti-Semitic and Islamophobic statements. Oh, wow. So then uh, we mentioned about purging the military, like I'm going to purge the house. <laughs> And the Senate's like, the heck is uh, what is that about? Uh, well, Republicans mainly, mostly disavowed her comments, but argued a lot of these were made before she got into Congress, warning mm -hmm. that the House majority removing a member of a minority from their committees, a matter usually handled internally by the party caucuses, would set a bad precedent. 
and that's a very valid argument, particularly it's like I, I agree with the internal. At the same time, it's like when a one party has the majority of power, you gotta have some sort of counterbalance. Yeah. With, uh, a lot of room for fuckers. Yeah, but it goes to the other conversation we're having that you need to vet individuals before they give it. Like, it is what it is. Like, they even uh, tried to get, uh, was it Ayahan Omar, represented out of Minnesota, who had to apologize for anti-Semitic comments in the past. Um, So Republicans try to get her on that back in the day I guess uh oh so this other representative representative Tom Cole from Oklahoma a top Republican on rules on the rules committee mm-hmm. wore a floor speech on Thursday when the majority changes going back to what you're saying the temptation will be overwhelming to remove controversial Democrats from committees wow so, and it it's it's very interesting because it goes back to First Amendment. <laughs> so it's like all kind of tied in together. It's very interesting. Is our democracy under attack? As we say, uh, upgrade America. You know it. Uh, that's all I got, man. Anything else? Anything you've been watching, reading? I've been reading. Uh, finally. New Jim Crow. I've had it for a while, but I'm finally reading it. Mass Incarceration and Age of Colorblindness. It's by Michelle Alexander. Very good book so far. Um, I started this reading program when I got back from my trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, read a book a week. All my books that I haven't read. Yeah, that's what's up, man. And just what I do is divide the number of pages by seven and read that number of pages every day to complete the book. Interesting. Yeah, that makes it, and you can do that. And it works out for the week every time? Yeah, it will work out for the week. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's a program I've been implementing since I've been back home. I admire your, uh, your nostalgic sense of reading paper books. <laughs> I do both. Uh, I like, I've dabbled in audiobooks. Um, I'm a I big fan of audiobooks. Say again? I said I'm a big fan of audiobooks. So here's My? a fact I learned about that. Okay. There's okay. a feature on audiobook where you can actually move up the speed. Your brain can process up to 300 words per minute. Wow, so I didn't know that. You move the speed up. One, you can go through books a lot quicker, which means you retain information a lot quicker. But at the same time, you condition your brain to listen better by getting picking up all these words. And, and essentially, I don't want to say it makes you smarter, but it's like you're gaining a lot of info. Love audiobooks, but when I conventionally read, I find myself doing more of the digital one. I do need to get a good old uh, conventional book for the sake of being like nostalgic and stuff. Yeah, I just, growing up, there's something about the nostalgia of opening a book, turning the pages, I feel mm-hmm. more accomplished. 
when I do finish the book because I can I feel visit it. I feel you. Um, it particularly has weight to you like look at this heavy thing that I flick. <laughs> True. Um, but I will I will take that tip that you said speeding up the audio book mm-hmm. and then reading when you're listening to it. That'd probably be good for me actually. Um, was to say I watched the film on Netflix. Malcolm and Marie, that was very good, in-depth look at relationships and discussions and how to conflict resolution, I would say. And it was very, uh, very emotional film. So I would suggest for those couples out there, (laughs) maybe watch that in the morning so you can discuss it later throughout the day. Don't watch that at night before you go to sleep. I would definitely warn it will trigger some stuff, but it's good. It was a great movie. I think it was interesting. Interesting. And it stars Zendaya and uh, John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son. So, and he sounded like his pops in that movie a lot. I was just like looking like, damn, he sounded like his dad. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. And it's a good movie, though. I'm glad uh, his son's getting an acting to, to an acting. Yeah, he's done good roles. Yeah, I'm really up and plugs from TV as of lately. Got a punch time, a lot of focus. But um, there are some, man, there's a whole starting lineup of HBO. There's some stuff that I want to watch, particularly movies. Uh, what is it? The Black Jesus Judas and the Black Messiah or something like that. Yeah, I heard that was good. I'm curious about that there's a lot of other movies coming down the pipeline and I'm like, when I find time, I'm going to watch it. But, yeah, and that's been another part of my adjustment coming home. I was telling you I lost interest in all my interests or hobbies. And I've been slowly getting those back since I've been home, like introducing myself back to watching a movie, back to watching a series, back to listen to my podcast, like stuff like that. Like I've really been intentional about gaining that back um it's so, like a post tdy now yeah you think about it but like i get the adjustment takes time and you know you got your get your man cave back you know yeah my place of solace and zen I feel like, like i've actually kind of freaked out a couple of times because it was so quiet i'm so I wasn't used to quiet consistently. So I was like, now that I've gotten it back, it's like, like I can hear my fucking heartbeat and shit. Like, <laughs> got that quiet, like, damn, all right. This is a great thing. I love that. I love this song. It's good, uh, good time to think. Yeah, man. Anything else? Anything you want to discuss? Positive Bring- light. Positive light. Um, I mean, again, it, it, when you, when you look at life, it's like it really is about your perspective. Because you can look at life and you say, oh, like, this is wrong and that is wrong and it's snowing and it's cold and it's it. But at the same time, if you, you can learn to transmute that and, and flip it and be like, yo, like, again, you are blessed if you can see and, and hear, you know, the show. Because right now, real talk, if you were to lose your vision, 37 years old, it would change your entire life. I dare say some people don't even have the willpower to want to make that transition, you know? But 
you know, you're blessed right now. And there's a, you can go through life just focusing on these little blessings that we take for granted. And it's a matter of perspective. That, that's all I'm gonna say. Just keep looking at that glass like this. It's half, it's half full, you know, or at least don't even look at the, the measurements. You got a glass and you got water. But life is grand, it really is. Things can always be worse. That means they can always be better. Always known for improvement. Upgrade America, episode 99. You already know, uh, blessings. What? Thanks to everybody support me on my journey. Uh, thanks to you, Cam, for just sticking in there with me. I know I showed on episodes and I talked to my buddy who watches them. It's like, bro, you were definitely somewhere else mentally. I could see it. I'm like, yeah, I was struggling. I was like, I was trying to keep it together for the show. So I appreciate everything, man. Well, we've grown quite a bit. And <laughs> yeah, see that progression. And I'm thanking you for, you know, for for doing this too, man. Like particularly with the with the results and for everyone who's been doing the thousand episodes podcast like a salute y'all like because it is a journey it's a trip there's a lot of growth a lot of skills you know at the same time this was an experience it, it was fun it's part of our, our digital legacy Facts. like aliens gonna be looking at us in like 2199 and be like yo that cj is really on the song <laughs> <laughs> but yo everyone who's been watching supporting our show like it has really been a pleasure it, it really has yeah and um it's gonna we're gonna keep it on there for y'all we'll keep the channel up maybe give some updates every now and then but yeah, yeah episode 100 next week series finale yeah that's gonna be it yeah stay tuned uh that's all I got. Peace and blessings. Yeah, you already know. Happy Sunday. Whoever you got in the world. Peace. Peace. Later, Facebook. Oh, yeah. We need Hatter. Hats on deck. We need Hatter. We'll put that in the description, too. You know it. <laughs>